Welcome to the Magic Potion Podcast, where a sprinkle and a dash can enhance your class. Listen to learn about tools, techniques, and stories from educators on ways to improve your lessons, create a positive culture, and much more. I'm your host, Kevin Reinemann, and now it's time to make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Magic Potion EDU podcast with my special guest today, Dave Burgess. Dave, could you let the folks listening know who you are and what your background in education is, please? Absolutely, Kevin. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, Well, so I was a teacher for 17 years at West Hills High School in San Diego, California, primarily juniors, U.S. history, but a few other subjects in there as well. Uh, A basketball coach at the high school before that. And uh, while I was there and while I was teaching, I wrote Teach Like a Pirate and started to travel and do Teach Like a Pirate presentations, seminars, workshops, and all that. And uh, now I'm also the president of Dave Burgess Consulting Incorporated, which is an educational publishing company that I run with my wife, Shelly. That's great. And and Teach Like a Pirate is, like I've said on other podcasts and, and to my listeners before, that's one that has given me the spark to start reading myself. You know, I've never been a person that's been really deep into reading books, but then after going through my master's degree, getting my hands on a copy of teach like a pirate. I found that it, it's one of those things where it's finding something that you are interested in that really helps get you motivated to go and do something like that. Um, what was your motivation for writing teach like a pirate? So well, first of all, what you just said was that's powerful stuff, right? It was the, and it's something we have to remember with our students as well is that you know, student, it's not that students don't like reading. It's that they haven't found something that they're interested in reading yet. And so it's trying to make that connection with them and find that, that book that's going to be perfect for them to kind of inspire that love. Well, for me, with Teach Like a Pirate, I had been teaching in my classroom for many years and my department chair came to meet me one day, said, hey, just got put on the professional development committee for the district. Uh, thought, my, thought to myself, why don't you put together a workshop based on some of that crazy stuff you do down in your room that nobody understands? And uh, But then he said something to me that changed my life. He said, I don't think you, the more I think about it, I don't think you can. I think that your success in the classroom is kind of just you. It's personality driven. It's not something that um, you could probably teach to other people. And so I took that as a challenge. I signed up to do the workshop. I did uh, a a full day professional development workshop for the peers in my district. And I, I drove away from that meeting going like, this is, I don't have a workshop. I don't have anything written down. I don't have it organized. And so I got relentless about writing down everything that I do in my classroom that I thought was successful and trying to trace back to the roots of where those things came from, those ideas. And why, why does this one work and not this one? And it forced me to become much more reflective about my teaching. And it forced me to become much more intentional about my teaching. And so I started to do the workshops and travel and, and uh, present them. And they were resonating with people and people were, you know, people were loving them, but I I can only go so many places, but a book can go everywhere. And so I knew at some point I needed to sit down and and put it all into a book. And that was kind of the birth of Teach Like a Pirate. I had to find a way to try to amplify my message and to spread it on a wider scale. And a book is still, even in today's world, a book is still one of the best ways to do that. And that's been a motivating factor for myself too. It's, it's like... I've come across, you know, how many books are written under the the Dave Burgess Consulting Publishing team now? 
So we just put out our 60th book this past week. 60. So we have 60 books and then we have four more, a subsidiary company called Impress Publishing that has four books. But with the, under the DBC logo, we now have 60 books, Sanctuaries wow. by uh, Dan Tricarico, the Zen teacher. It was the 60th book. That's that's amazing. And it's you've done something different with these books. You know, you haven't written every single one, but you're, you've been tied to them in some way, shape or form, obviously with publishing them and you're giving teachers a voice. Now I've never been through the publishing process on any, you know, big name publisher or anything like that. But in my conversations I've had with you in the past, it, it seems like almost your mission is, is to help give everyone a voice to, to let them have a greater impact, you know, those passionate teachers, how can they help other teachers all over the country and the world? Would that be a, a correct assumption there? Yeah, absolutely. And so there's, there's unbelievable numbers of like incredible teachers who are doing wonderful things in their classroom, but a lot of times nobody sees those things unless they have some way to spread that message. And so again, whether it's through speaking or whether it's through writing, um, what we do is try to help people amplify their messages. And so, uh, it's, it used to be that for a person to have a book there, you had to have the big publishing company that sort of like, you know, tapped you on the shoulder and, 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 and shows you, and they were the gatekeeper. You had to have that big publisher to get your book into the stores. And so there was only a very small percentage of people that could do that. And then I think one of the things that we've done is sort of, um, leveled the playing field. Most of our authors, um, when they first started for sure. And most of them still are classroom teachers. So we're empowering people that are out there actually in school systems doing this practitioners, people that are actually out there doing this, like our leadership books. They're actually principals in schools. Our teaching books are actually people that are in the classroom with real kids. And the stories are drawn from real classrooms and, and real children. And it's not some theory. It's not some research study from 10 years ago. It's something that worked last week in the classroom. So empowering practitioners practitioners to share their messages and to spread uh, the powerful work that they're doing is, is a big part of our mission. And I get it through your voice here. And, you know, it's a, it's a key part of the Teach Like the Pirate book, enthusiasm. You know, it, it just breeds other enthusiasm in the room. And just listening to you, to you speak here, it's got a big old smile on my face. And I'm ready to go light the world on fire. Here we go. Let's Let's get after it here. There you go. Car Carlos Santana, the famous musician, he said that enthusiasm was the most contagious thing in the world. The, the songs become incidental. What people receive is your joy. And that's one of the things I feel about teaching about education is that, you know, the lessons become incidental. What students receive is our joy, our, our absolute, like the magical experience of being there with them. And they can sense when someone loves that process and loves being in the room with them. And um, it's that authenticity. Kid, kids can smell a phony from a mile away. Um, and so it's that authenticity that I think is really powerful. Yeah, and it helps them feel safe. It helps them just know that they're there to have one thing in mind, and that's that's to learn and grow as a human being. And that's just, a, a like you said, a powerful thing to, to get rolling with and let them feel welcome and know that you're there for them. Absolutely. So um, one of the things that came up to uh, came up for me early in this school year, I uh, was at a local university, had somebody um, 
kind of bail on them, I guess, at the last moment. And they had gotten word that, you know, my, my passion is big time with educational technology, technology integration, and doing all those sorts of things. And lo and behold, they have two courses on educational technology. And so here it is two weeks before the semester starts, I'm all of a sudden teaching some college level courses <laughs> in the undergraduate yeah. world. That was, that was a big change for me. Um, so now here we are at Christmas break and I'm gearing up to do another educational technology course in the spring. And what I'm wondering is, you know, I think back on it for myself as well. If you were back in college, what advice would you give yourself knowing, you know, being able to have the 2020 hindsight there? What, what would you do to help you kick your career into high gear right off the bat? Yeah, so I can think of maybe three things. The first is to become a connected educator. Becoming a connected educator changed my life, and I've seen it change the lives of uh, lots of other teachers. And so right away, as fast as possible, while they're still in school, I would encourage them to become connected, start to develop their professional learning network, start to figure out hashtags. Uh, no matter what you're into in education, there's a hashtag for you. So whether you're you know doing Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be, get connected right away and start to build that network. That's going to be your support system that you're going to have for the rest of your career. It's a chance to be able to collaborate and connect with other people, find ideas, and share your ideas out. So that would be the first thing. The second thing I would make sure that they know is that um, they're going to walk into a school system and they're going to have all these ideas and they're going to have all this uh, creativity and they think, they think that everyone else is going to be excited about that and they're going to quickly find out that maybe that's not necessarily the case. And so they have to have the strength of character, the personal power, the intestinal fortitude to teach in the way that they believe is more, most powerful for kids, even in the possible face of skepticism of some teachers that have been there for a long time, and to realize that what is unique about them, their particular strengths and talents, and their voice that they add to their classroom is what's going to make them most, uh, most powerful and effective with kids. And so they don't have to teach like somebody else. They can take tactics and strategies from, from multiple places, but then they have to find their own voice in the classroom. And then the last thing I would tell them is that there are going to be unbelievable disasters that happen to them in their classroom. There's going to be lessons that blow up in their face. There's going to be lessons that fall flat. There's going to be behavior management issues. There's going to be uh, one thing smacking them in the face after another. And that's totally okay. And it's not because they're a new teacher that's, that that's happening to them. It's because they're a teacher. But a new teacher thinks that it's happening to them because it's, they're new and it's just the, it's something that they're doing wrong, right? But once you're in the game for a few years, you realize, oh, wait, that doesn't stop. Uh, you know, 17 years into the game, I was still having lessons fall flat and things blow up in my face. And that's just part of the process. But it's so easy to, to turn uh, that negative light inward on yourself um, or to direct anger towards students when you first start out because you think something's wrong. Hey, that's just part of it. Um, it's teaching as an art as well as a science. Wow. Wow. Those were phenomenal. And, you know, even when I started Twitter, was Twitter a thing? Let's see. I guess Twitter was out when I, when I first started teaching. Um, but I completely wholeheartedly agree with you getting on Twitter. You know, I, I joke that when I first got on, I, my brother-in-law, he was scrolling through it while we were sitting at the dinner table. And I'm like, man, why are you on Twitter? Nobody's on Twitter. And then all of a sudden <laughs> here it is that that's, what I'm doing very frequently because of that professional learning network. 
it's allowed me to connect with so many people all over the place and, and just have a, you know, whether it's coming up with ideas from other teachers or sharing them and, and just growing, or if it's just asking for help, like, Hey, my computer won't turn on. <laughs> what kind, what, what button do I need to push or something like that? It's just making these, these personal connections from all over the place and being connected is the best way to, to address that. Absolutely. I think, and that's one of, one of our secrets at, uh, for the DBC book line is that, um, we're trying to build communities. We're trying to, so it's not about putting an ad in the education magazine, right? It's about building a community of people who are going to connect around a, a message. And, and the book is the start of that message. This, but then after you read the book, there's a place that you can go and connect to like-minded people who are can push each other and connect and collaborate. Um, and so I think that's a big part of what we do as, as community building, not just publishing books. Um, if for sure anyone that's listening, if they want to connect with me, I'm at Burgess Dave on Twitter. So my name is flipped around to Burgess Dave. If they're an Instagram person, you can find me at DBC underscore INC, DBC underscore Inc. And like I said, get connect. Feel free to shoot me a message. If you're looking like, hey, where are people talking about this on Twitter? Um, shoot me a message. I'd be happy to help find the hashtag or the community. Absolutely. And I've noticed that with, um, you know, I, I obviously haven't read all 60 books in the line, but the handful that I have gone through, most of them have hashtags to go along with them. Uh, yep. Obviously, there's the TLAP um, convert, uh, Twitter chat that happens. Uh, let's see, there's the ditch book chat. There's the four o'clock faculty has a chat. And so yep. you're right. It's 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 an awesome thing where, Hey, here's my thoughts. Here's my ideas. If, if you agree with them or you want to learn more, let's talk more. And it's, it's amazing what I've been able to do and help my career. And as part of that, help the students that I service every single day as well. And, and the teachers with making these connections with awesome educators from everywhere. So that's, that's great ed advice to give to upcoming teachers. Yeah. It's, it's totally transformative if you think about it. Like when we were growing up, the idea of reading a book and then connecting with the author, that was unheard of, right? Oh, yeah. But now, I mean, that's that's a powerful moment, right? You, you read a book and you can immediately get in contact with the author. You can ask them a question. You can connect with them around their ideas. You can, and, and not just the author, but other people who are reading the book simultaneously at the same time as you. And you can connect with them and share ideas and, hey, how are you using this in your classroom and share lessons back and forth and it becomes this more um, communal experience as you're going through books and learning things and uh, it's it's completely transformative well as we're recording this um, most schools are in Christmas break you know Christmas was just a couple days ago and uh, let's say there's a teacher listening on the other end here and maybe it's their first year, their fifth year, their 17th year, or their 32nd year. Let's say they're down in the dumps. They think they've just had the worst first semester ever. What, what would you say to them to help brighten their spirits and, and let them hit the ground running as they start up the second half of the school year? Yeah. So first of all, uh, and actually I'm going to write something about this very soon. It's um, most teachers use what I'll call a funhouse mirror um, in that Let's say that they've had a semester where uh, 99 things have gone right, but one uh, very glaring thing has gone wrong. They'll focus on that one thing. 
they look at life through a funhouse mirror where everything is kind of distorted. And I see that with lessons all the time too. It's maybe a teacher has a lesson. They'll say, you know what? I think I need to quit teaching. This was so bad. I'll ask them what happened. Turns out maybe 29 kids were wildly engaged. One kid popped off and was a behavior management problem. They'll walk away from that lesson feeling like a failure. And so I've said this many times. If you set up your, your system for whether or not you're going to be a success or a failure, if you're, if you're, like rubric for success is that you're going to have 100% engagement from 100% of the kids on 100% of the days, you have now set up a rubric where you're guaranteed to fail, right? Because that's just not the way that it works. So that first semester probably wasn't as bad as you thought. You probably had many life-changing moments in that first semester and many kids that you did reach, even if it wasn't everybody, right? And then going into this next semester, I would suggest that they reconnect with their uh, the reasons they got into teaching to begin with. And so in Teach Like a Pirate, we break passion down into three categories. The deep, dark secret of education is we're not always passionate about everything we teach, right? So how else can you find passion for your, for your profession? Well, uh, category two in Teach Like a Pirate says, outside of your content, outside of your curriculum, what is it about education that you're passionate about, right? Completely outside of your curriculum. And that's... that mightier purpose that probably drew you into education to begin with. We are in the life-changing business, quite literally the life-changing business. So it's about embracing that mightier purpose of why we're in this classroom to begin with and focusing on that heading into the uh, 2019, um, I think would be something that would be very helpful. Wow, I can honestly say that I needed that myself. (laughs) I I had my reviews for, for those undergraduate students and there was one of them that on a scale of one to five put me at a three and that's been bothering me. <laughs> so that, thank you. That, it, it that ha- helped me it happens refocus. To everybody. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Oh, I mean, I, it's, and I mean, I still fight it too. I, I'll, you give a presentation to a hundred people and 99 of them said it's the greatest thing they ever saw. One person says that this person was a, you know, was the, uh, uh, total, you know, a joke. It was a disaster. It was horrible. Didn't get a single thing out of it. And you walk away from that. And what are you playing over in your head? What that one person said, not the 99 people who said it was a life-changing experience. It's so easy. Same, same thing happens with reviews, by the way, of books and things and things like that, where uh, you can have all these five-star reviews on Amazon, but uh, one person gives you a one-star review and, and rips you to pieces. And a lot of times I have to talk to my authors about that, like say, hey, you know what? Uh, the book, it wasn't for them. That's all right. You know, if you write a book, you can't write a book for everybody. If you do, it's probably vanilla and, and too lukewarm. And if you have a book that's a little bit edgy, it's going to get some people upset and that's okay. It wasn't for them. Write books, you know, to serve your community that you want to, that you want to serve. And then like, I have a, I have a, a negative review that I actually read at party. I, if I'm in a social gathering, sometimes I'll I'll just take it out and read it. I'm so proud of it. It's unbelievable how bad the review is. I mean, this person used uh, just incredible creative energy to come up with, uh, to to come up with ways to bash me. And I read it at parties. That's how proud I am of it. Wow. (laughs) And your book is about unleashing creativity. That's the best part of it there. Yeah. So um, if, I know it might be hard to believe, but there might be people out there that still have not read Teach Like a Pirate. I know it, it I don't understand it either how they've gone this far without reading it. But, um, you know, I took a lot of stuff away from that book, a lot of it being the hooks and, and finding creativity in yourself. So, you know, you got a little bit of a background as a magician, if I remember right. Correct? That's correct. Yep. 
Okay. So there, there you get up on the stage there and, and you can kind of wow them and bring their attention in there. There's one of your hooks. Um, so for a person that may not be creative from talking with all the other teachers over the years, what, what have you found that has worked for most people or for more people than not? <laughs> That's kind of a, I worded that really odd. So hopefully from, you from the, with that. Like, like strategies and techniques from teach like a pirate. Yeah. From how can a person that just wants to be creative, but has never had the opportunity to have a creative movement in their life, um, what would work for them? Yeah. So I, I talk about in the book, questions are the key to creativity. If you want to change a teacher's classroom, change their creative output, change their questions. So if you change the quality of question that you're asking, you'll change the quality of your creative output. Um, and so it's about um, – like, for example, some people, it's not even just a bad question. It's just they're not even asking the question. So, for example, one of the things that Teach Like a Pirate is called preheating the grill. And it comes from this concept that, look, I, I don't put my steak down on a cold grill. I preheat my grill. Like, if you drop your steak on a cold grill, nothing happens. But you drop your steak on a preheated grill, what happens? It sizzles, right? Well, I want my content to sizzle when I drop it. So I always preheat the grill. But let mystery, curiosity, buzz, and anticipation before we begin. So you can ask yourself, what can I do before this lesson to build up mystery, curiosity, buzz, and anticipation? What can I write on my board that creates a buzz? What could be, what could be on the screen as they're walking in? What can I say the day before, as they're leaving the day before, that's going to make them desperate to come to class to find out what's happening the next day. All those kind of things will allow them to, to generate ways that they can preheat their grill and build up that anticipation. Well, most teachers don't even ask that question, right? And so no. if you learn to ask the right questions, then your brain will go down that path. And so it's not that we don't have creative teachers. I do not believe that. Teachers are unbelievably creative as are human beings just in general, right? It's that not, we're not always asking ourselves the right questions. So change the quality. That's why the centerpiece of Teach Like a Pirate, the center section of the book, there are 170 questions under 30 different categories of hooks. And that's the real practical piece. That's the piece that I hope that people will go back to over and over again when they're trying to take that lesson lesson that maybe they already teach and just try to, uh, you know, just take it to that next level. And now I really want to go back. And my, my issue right now is I let somebody borrow my copy. Oh, that's a big mistake. Yet. Those those, yeah. those that's never coming back, Kevin. I hope it does because that's a really darn good book. I've I've, I've heard this story many times, and it, it's not coming back. Yeah, she the the teacher I lent it to uh, sent me a picture over the summer where she was reading it on the beach. And I'm like, oh, here I am imaging computers, and you're on a beach reading Teach Like a Pirate. <laughs> What's the perfect jealous. place to read Teach Like a Pirate? Anywhere. <laughs> So, um, you know, it's January's coming up here real quick, you know, like next week. So that kind of kicks off conference season for a lot of people. Now, um, are you a person that goes to conferences very often? Uh, so I do go to several. I, um, for, for sure, if, I, if I'm speaking at the conference, I'm there for as much of it as I can before and still try to get to some. We have lots of authors that are off speaking at conferences. So when I get a chance to stop by and see them, I do that. Are you planning on going to any on your, excuse me, are there any on your calendar for this upcoming spring? So it's possible that I might 
show up not as a speaker, but to uh, just to be part of the experience at the Q in Palm Springs this coming mm. uh, coming up. And but I'm not sure about that. But other than that, I'm not sure that any other on the calendar. But I'll certainly be out and about speaking um, all over the place. And that's that's what you do a lot of now, right? You're going to to school districts and stuff all over the place and giving presentations and in workshops. Absolutely, yep. So I'm out out on the circuit, visiting districts, schools, um, organizations, holding events, conferences, all that kind of stuff, doing the Teach Like a Pirate program. That's great. Um, well, I want to be mindful of your time. I'm very, very appreciative that you were willing to give me an opportunity to speak with you today. So is there anything else you'd like to express to my listeners and um, how could they get in touch with you if they are interested in reaching out? Oh yeah, absolutely. Again, and let me again say thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, it's great to connect with your listeners. Um, if you want to connect with me, again, I'm at Burgess Dave on Twitter, um, Instagram, DBC underscore INC, DBC underscore Inc. And you can find my website at DaveBurgess.com. And there's, you know, I, I blog there and have guest bloggers there as well. And they can sign up for the email list there as well. So that would be, the, those would be probably the best three places to connect with me. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, coming on today. And audience, like always, I hope you take something away from this conversation and go out there and make it happen. Thank you for listening to the Magic Potion Podcast. This podcast was created using Anchor FM. Please subscribe and leave comments with your thoughts and ideas from the classroom. Until next time, get out there and make it happen.